as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. special guest here tonight where we're talking about comedic talk show hosts we got none other than noka comedy news podcast and give me back my action movies co-host uh dan Colley. how are you sir hey what's going on i, I i'm glad i'm being called special that's nice <laughs> oh in, uh, man in, in, in today's climate it's nice to be called special i'm usually called something else if you listen to noka you can hear ricky call me a, a few different colorful phrases but special is not one of them so, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so <laughs> i thought we just i was glad to have you on this episode because i didn't have anyone else to confirm for this but more importantly i just i it, it, you know given the main podcast you have it kind of made sense that you would want to be on this one because you are a comedic news host. yeah we we try to be yes we um we the, the NOCA stands for the news no one cares about. So we try to take news from around the world um, and put a spin on it to, to be the lighter side of things. And, and like we, we talked a little bit uh, before we went on air, it, 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 some of it writes itself. It really does. It really so, does. Um, you know, the world is a, is a giant messed up uh, carnival ride right now. So we're, just, we're the ones on the, on the side eating the cotton candy, watching it as it goes around. <laughs> it's kind of like that one meme that reads uh, it's the one of michael jackson saying i'm just here for the comments <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of what we do but we are the comments unfortunately for some people <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when you're doing a review of whether something works or not and then someone gives you their response which is duly noted which is like okay yeah yeah thanks yeah, dude we, so so far, we've never gotten any reaction or actual response from anyone in any of the stories that we've done. Uh, I'm kind of interested for the first time that that actually happens. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to get back to me. <laughs> someone going, hey, oversteps. We... Yeah, and someone have someone troll really you on upset. Apple. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. No, no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> oh, man. So growing up, uh, who was your main kind of – inspiration of just comedy before we kind of get to the actual talk show hosts comedy in general um well let's see i'm 45 now so a lot of the inspiration that i took uh probably in two different stages was a lot of george carlin 
a lot of the cynical um, uh, look upon life that he would uh, present. Nice. He, he was a, he was a lot more witty than I was about it, but um, him, uh, classic Robin Williams work. Uh, I I I like to think that I grew up in the silver age or golden age of HBO comedy specials. Um, Perfect. You know, with the comic relief stuff like that that we would get to see, getting to see uh, SCTV when I was a kid and Saturday <laughs> Live. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, we hit the the generation of the shock comics, you know, with Sam Kennison and, and Andrew Dice Clay. And we always had Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy in the background. So mostly those guys were my inspiration uh, as I was a younger man. And then as I've grown up, I've, I've became a big fan of uh, Patton Oswalt's work. Nice. Uh, I like I like Posehn's stuff because he's kind of a cranky old guy like me. And then um, <laughs> I really got into Jim Norton and some of his uh, cast of characters uh, a few years back and, and enjoyed some of their work as well. Oh, for sure. And it's interesting that you bring them up because, like, like, like you say, it after a while it was kind of uh, to that point where is like who do you find who's like a comedian who is like is more than just again the tee you know profanity <laughs> sure yeah it's like are they actually gonna say something meaningful it's like oh man that's so surreal and it seems like nowadays we just got toxic people just repeating what adam carolla or joe rogan are saying i'm like no <laughs> we need someone i mean here's the thing carolla kind of gets away with it just because he's jimmy kimmel's friend is like rogan he's right. trying to be Howard Stern 2.0 and he's definitely just he was never there he was always just I want to just be a cranky asshole and see what I can get away with <laughs> and not yeah, in New I, Jersey I, I, anymore so that doesn't really work <laughs> exactly and I'm you know it's like we had comedians like that through history like Dennis Leary but he went on and actually did acting and, and you know I thought he was funny anyway but he yeah. you know he had that real cranky um uh, persona in the early 90s the relatable i'm just really fed up and i just want to yeah clock out you know and you got bill <laughs> you got bill burr who does that now and i i absolutely love bill burr because mm -hmm. you can see or you can hear in his comedy well you can see too if you're watching him but you can hear in his comedy he just he doesn't he has his own set of of guidelines and rules and what he sees and that's what he follows. So you may not agree with him, and, and this side may not agree with him, or that side may not agree with him, but you know what you're going to get with him. It's 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 his perspective, and that's it. You know, regardless if it's right or wrong to you, it is definitely his perspective. I find most of the stuff that he says pretty hilarious. Uh, you know, the F is for Family series that he put on Netflix, absolutely yes. hysterical, you know, I thought. And then at the same time, he can't act. I mean, the guy was in Mandalorian, you know, kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you bring him up because he's kind of another guy who's just like, he he's having to work with all these different people with mm -hmm. different personas. And he's just kind of the one who just wants some kind of sanity. I mean, even the comedy show hosts we're going to talk about, I mean, they continually invite him on because he right. basically uh is able to uh, just kind of i don't know if compromise is the right word but he's able to just kind of just say hey let, let, let's talk about something that kind of affects us all and settle down at the end of it <laughs> yeah i i think for some reason he has uh, okay so 
going back a little bit, people like uh, like uh, Andrew Dice Clay, he can't, you know, he's not relevant anymore. No. People like um, Eddie Murphy, he had to change his entire career essentially, um, and started making really crappy Disney movies. And you know, you know why? Bill he Burr, had the same agent as Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. same uh, asshole who roped uh, Terry Crews, I think. So, yeah. well, yeah, probably. So, you know, and then, but you look at Adam or uh, Bill Burr rather. And he knows where to take other jobs to keep himself into, uh, at a certain level. But he also, I think the reason like people like Conan loves him and bring him on the show and, and these different hosts is that he's allowed to get away with saying what they're thinking, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily allowed to be able to say those things. So, um, you, you know, for Bill Burrell and Conan here, here just spout off about something and Conan's laughing and you can see that he's, you can see almost in his face that he's like, yeah, exactly. But I can't get away with saying that. You can get away with it. For some reason, he right, just you're has my guest. That, <laughs> yeah, and, and he has that ability to say. Um, Worst that happens so, is you won't be so back for 10 years. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Bill and, and Bill Burr wouldn't care. But, you know, so it's like he's – and he's somehow figured out the formula to be able to say these things and still get away with it. Absolutely. You know, uh, and unfortunately, I think a lot of comedians have just now descended into the whole, so here's what I can get away with before I'm canceled. Now that's kind of the whole thing, the cancel culture argument. And it's just like, well, here's the thing. I mean, you're, yeah. the, the wise person is able to discern between the, you know, it's kind of, it kind of, for me, that was just the second stage of me too. This is like, who are we getting rid of? Who's just a toxic, shitty person. And then it became kind of irrelevant because then, well, I mean, it's still relevant in many capacities, but it got very old very fast because, I mean, it was kind of like with Instagram and TikTok. It's like, who's legit and who's, you know, stealing each other's, you know, fame and getting slightly more clicks by stealing their content and mm-hmm. and who's just always was full of it. And People just have yeah. too many times and they play to all the kinds of audiences, the attention whores, the ones who get easily offended by everything and want melodrama about people who don't even affect anyone's lives. And then, like you say, there are the ones who's just like, they're, they're legit, uh, you know, famous overnight and well-earned. And now, you know, they don't know how to handle it. They don't have any PR. And it seems like <laughs> the internet can make anyone famous overnight now. And well, I'm, wait, I'm waiting YouTube. for it to make us famous still. I, I'm, I'm still I waiting mean. on that. Uh, you know, anytime it wants to, to go ahead and, and let us be famous, it, it, you know, it has my permission. So um, y- you're right. I mean, with comedy and, and you know, my co-host on, on NOCA, specifically Ricky and I, we both look at comedy as an art form. Now, what we do on that show is obviously not high art at all. We do a lot of uh, – <laughs> uh, what, what's uh, – let me ask you this question. What's the language st- uh, standards here on this particular podcast? Oh, we're on cut just like you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so we do a lot fuck, of dick fuck, and fart fuck. jokes on uh, – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we use that term. Uh, we do a lot of dick and fart jokes on NOCA, but at the same time, we like to actually try to craft a joke. We don't want to uh, – and, and don't get me wrong. Take we, some time we, and some build-up versus just – Right. So you go, you're gonna get canceled. You said that. And I was like, yeah, well, okay, you know, 
it's not like to see who can get away with smoking a joint in the men's room, you know, and, you know, after soccer practice, sure. it's more, I think this is it. We're, we're trying to figure out which celebrities are legit, just really clever at making fun of how everyone's a little mischievous or mm-hmm. a man child mm-hmm. in some extent versus let, let's see what we can get away with. Cause tee you know, and just, I never grew well, up. We like, <laughs> well, like on the last episode we, we had done uh, prior to this recording, we had done a joke and it was one that we kind of, we, we did it. And cause we, we just, we would record our show. We just do it. And then we cut certain things and, and edit and such. You but, got to. There's um, always going to be something where you, you slip and you're like, mm, that might be taken out of context and I don't need exactly. to be canceled by so someone. That was, <laughs> so we, yes. And, and so we did a bit and we both laughed really, really hard. And we both looked at each other and said, should we do that? And we were both like, ah. And for like two or three days, we weighed the pros and cons of actually using that bit and airing mm-hmm. the joke. And we went ahead and aired it because A, I think everything accord, uh, everything ahead of that gives you um, a good premise of what's going on. It's very satirical. Totally. You know it's satire. You know there's nothing about it. B, I think we've done a good job of crafting the show to the point where you know the characterized versions of us that we're playing. And then for the third, you know, and the third thing is that comedy has still got to have an edge to it. The comedians that, you know, have no edge to them, the, the super family. And, and if you can't, if you don't have to work blue and are still hilarious, that's great. That's awesome. I'm not that good. I, I can't. But, <laughs> you know, you, you still have to have an edge of, of something because comedy has always been based on, I think anyway, comedy has always been based on the general every person being able to see things that are out in the world and picking them apart and, and bringing forth an element of that, whatever it is, social interaction or um, uh, a tick that we all have or something, but bring something forth to where we all go, oh, yeah, we can all relate. We all see that and, and find the, the humor in it. Words don't offend me. Ideas don't offend me. The intent behind them is what I will get upset about. Oh, Totally. And I think you know, this is it. So, there, there's always going to be someone who just hears a certain word, but they didn't know the context. And it's like, well, here's the thing. Well, yes, that there's that, but we got to differentiate. I mean, it's just the same as the person telling the joke. Are they saying it sure. to, because they heard it and they thought, I'll just take it? Or did they actually mean it? And right. Or are they making right. fun of another joke, which I, I'm even more blown away by that one. Someone can break down other people's famous jokes or just – a commonly told joke and then uh, explain why it's funny. You know, having a comedian as a teacher is just a great experience uh, in general. But I mean, it's like, yeah. why is yeah. that funny versus yeah, why is it not funny? I, you know, but and then at the same note, you also, you have to be conscious of other people. You can't, you can't just go around. I mean, okay. You can just go around saying whatever you want to say and doing whatever you want to do in this country. You will reap benefits from it, and you will reap responsibilities because of it. So you have to be thoughtful enough to, you know, go, all right, uh, I know everyone's not going to like my stuff. I know everyone's not going to like me, and that's fine. But at the same time, I can't overtly go out of my way to offend and upset and, and, and degrade and just well, shit on people. 
just oh, be exactly. a decent person. Be a decent person, but you can still have the edge of humor as long as I think everything comes from the right place. And you know, totally. talking about talking about the the uh, comedy show uh, or the uh, the host, the comedy host. I think that's a big. I think that's there's there's a big uh, um, responsibility uh, tipping. There's a big responsibility, but there's a big tipping balance right there. You get people like, for example, I always leaned towards Letterman over Carson. I always leaned on uh, towards uh, Conan over uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. I don't, there's nothing wrong with Kimmel. There's nothing wrong with Fallon. They're fine, but they are trying to throw out the big net and capture everyone and be oh, that totally. family friendly before you click off the, the TV at night and roll into bed. They're, they're trying to be that host. And there's a place for that for sure. But I never found it a genuine, to be honest with you. And B, I never found it that funny because they're trying to be everyone loves cake well try it instead be a cobbler man you know be something different not everyone's going to like it but the people that do like it will really really like it and that's right you know because i think that's just it leno and letterman were kind of when they weren't doing their own thing they were kind of trying to just get in a feud and Ah, jimmy kimmel was on conan's podcast about three years ago and he stated just up front and is like i never wanted to be the next Lena, leno or letterman i just wanted to do my own comedy turf i'm only known as right. do it being a dj and the creator of the man show you know i don't <laughs> and conan was kind of the same way he's like okay i'm i've been a comedy writer for the simpsons and saturday night live and now i gotta be my own kind of weird and kind of funny and <laughs> he makes fun of producers a lot and how they would give them oh, notes yeah. and just say can you guys just stop being weird and then convince them that it was their idea, and then they'd, you know, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Conan, so my all-time favorite <laughs> talk show host in the comedian realm is is Conan. Um, so hey, I, I talked to Ricky. I, <laughs> I, it should be. I talked to Ricky. I, I, I talked to Ricky before we did this one tonight because I wanted to make sure that the NOCA News Network as a whole had an official stance on this. And we say it's Conan, Letterman, Arsenio Hall, and everyone else below that. Oh, Arsenio and, Hall. I'm so glad you brought him up. He gets forgotten. That's it. And I'll even bring him up. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, you fuckers knew Keenery Ivory Wayans had a talk show host, but you're not – you didn't know about Arsenio? Come on. I mean, he even came back briefly when I saw the episode where he was promoting the Who's Line gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Arsenio, I thought – was i thought he did a really good job back in the day so you know in the day back in the day there you had uh carson still you had letterman and i remember letterman back so long ago to where somebody didn't show up on his show so instead he brought out a toaster made toast and threw it <laughs> i remember hearing about and that. that's how he that's how he killed time i remember watching that as a kid going this is great i always had the real off type of sense of humor so i love like weird al i love Weird Al is a perfect example. Um, yeah, I, I love zany, uh, not zany. Let me let me rephrase it. I like slapstick comedy and I like zaniness, but it has to have a little bit of intelligence behind it. Oh, totally. And you know, I think that's what Dave, in the early days specifically, when he had Chris Elliott on there and Super Dave Osborne, 
and all these other uh, side characters that would come on there when he did the things with, um, and then in the more recent years, he did things with, um, um, what was it, Rupert G., who in the deli, and G, like that. even Tim Thomerson of all people. <laughs> yeah, he would bring these guys in and do things with them, and that's what Conan I thought was a very edgy, um, younger. Uh, he, I just got the, the humor was there, and you could tell that he and the comedy writers that he had on his show all had a different sense of humor, but it was all the same in that group. So everything seemed right. Everything. Uh, felt together okay. you know whereas carson some of his bits were funny you know but at the same time some of those bits you just sit there and you're like i don't i don't get it and maybe it's an it's just johnny thing. being johnny versus it's got something to say tonight you know <laughs> right and and conan always had like a little bit of i, I i'm i'm a fraud you know, he always had that, like, this... Self-deprecating. Uh, yeah, like, I'm a he, bad he, actor. I've played myself in other movies. <laughs> he knows he's full of shit. He knows that he's like, I shouldn't have this job, you know? I mean, you, yeah, you got Letterman, you got time. Carson, <laughs> but, and then you got me? I mean, how in the hell did this happen? But yeah. it, it happened because everything that he put out seemed legit, and it all seemed... Um, honest and i think people bonded to that regardless of his sense of humor uh, totally because they they felt like he was pretty okay with just i mean what was popular around that time was you know people who were kind of wacky hosting infamous shows like you know uh maury povich and you know jerry springer mm -hmm. and then you got you know shock jocks like Again, Howard Stern, but yeah, Conan was pretty good at just flat out just kind of just saying is like, hey, if you take anything about the show seriously, I mean, why the hell are you even watching this? <laughs> yeah, and he and he he knew how to make sure that the guests he knew when it was his time to be the star and the guest time to be the star. Like, Never talked over him. Never. No, he was he's a lot better than I am. And, and you know, <laughs> I've been bad. <laughs> that's why we don't have many guests on our show. Oh, uh, you know, but it's it's like um like Norm Macdonald, rest in peace, Norm. Oh, Norm. I man. I, I loved Norm Macdonald's comedy. His show was horrendous. <laughs> a because he was not a host kind of guy, and B I'm sure he had a lot of corporate hands. Which one? He did so many, hands. like the Comedy well, Central one. No, I meant like the actual Norm Macdonald show back during the <laughs> in the nineties after Drew 90s. Carey. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just wasn't good. But you know, Conan, like I said, I think he had that he had that special knack. Now let's see who the next person that will step in and take that spot will be. Yeah, because right yeah. now we kind of just got people who have been on for years and now they've just, you know, they took like a absence and now they got a different format like or different podcasts like you know john stewart has a new apple show um mm -hmm. who's the other guy who just returned i mean trevor noah i'm sure we'll do something else after this sure. he'll probably well, I mean, host we, a stand-up show <laughs> we still have we still have colbert colbert well and... colbert's a good example is like he found mm -hmm. when he found he really uh i think it was on either andy richter which I think is a perfect example of, you know, he's just known as the moderator on Conan. He's really sure. comfortable doing his own shtick. Um, 
yeah, Colbert was on either him or Rob Lowe's podcast, and they just talked about his like his whole deal was just kind of realizing is like, hey, no, I, I don't want to keep being an actor, and I don't want to keep being a comedic writer, and I've already played this alternate version of myself. You know, I right. created a character, and Comedy Central owns it and won't let me do it for Sister Channel, and I'm okay with that because now I kind of can just show my naked soul to the world and just go from there. Yeah, that's what that was what was great because everyone pretty much knows where Colbert lands on the political spectrum. And then I love that when he first came out and was actually Stephen Colbert. Oh, totally. The real person. It threw a lot of people off because a lot of people thought that the character from The Daily Show was the real version. And it's like I know some people who are like, Where'd he go? I'm like, Do you not watch TV anymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's always been on <laughs> i mean hell that character and, started on the daily show and then that's when yep. stewart threw in the towel for him and said hey man you got to get your own thing you're yeah, awesome. you gotta you're, you're killing it here and, and like i said i think you know he's he's really held his own and done a very good job of what he does but i don't think i think he's in a different category than than what conan and what Letterman oh totally did. he's more like I a think bill maher kind of a, approach i'm he a variety is. show Kind yeah, we, we still need a a alternative late night talk host. I mean, like I said, you always had you had Carson, you had Leno, you had even though Leno was supposed to be a comedy guy, whatever, right? You, you had him, <laughs> you know, That's you my got, thoughts exactly. Jay Walking, yeah, Jay well, good job. That was you a knockout now. And Fallon does some good stuff now, but it's again, it just seems very vanilla. So we have those it's traditional. It's a little too safe versus. It's very safe. It's the orange vest and the safety crossing sign. I don't even know why he even gets a talk show host, like someone on his show, because he never asks them any question. He's too busy because laughing it, at them, and half the time they'll be the like, easy, "You haven't seen this, have you?" <laughs> it's all the easy softball stuff so it's like if you have a show say okay you and i make a movie obviously we're going to want to go on that because it's so you know it's so um recognized it, it's you know one of my goals as a kid was to be on saying live to host saying live oh really and it, it's because if you can host it regardless if you have a good show or not people knew you hosted it you know that's a big deal your uh household name yeah, exactly. And that's before you get to the advertising, you're endorsing your own ice cream or beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's next, right? So. <laughs> but, no, that's so true. I mean, I, I think uh, that was just kind of, I think that that's where a lot of these opened up a lot of people who are now comedians, because like growing up, you were told you should be an astronaut, you should be a fireman, a doctor, you know, <laughs> a cop. And it's like, now we know that those aren't, very hard working environments and in some cases probably dangerous and this is like yeah i don't think anyone really wants to be those anymore half the time everyone would rather form their own kind of business whether it's working on cars being a lawyer or just some other kind of just bullshit that's way easier you know selling houses <laughs> yeah you know it's like i always i was always getting in trouble for being a smart mouth when i was a kid and, and my mom always <laughs> told me i run my mouth a lot so i was like well maybe i can make a living doing that and, right and unfiltered 
Yeah, my problem though is I probably would have been a lot more successful 20 years ago because of the fact that my filter is it was it's hard because my filter was created in a time that we can't live in anymore. And no. I want to and, and I'm very interested to see what happens on the talk show front. I'm very interested to see what happens period with comedy. And that's kind of, you know, again, that's how Ricky and I approach things is, you know, we were, we were created comedy wise in a different time frame. That's why we, you know, we do the action movies is that, you know, for, for good or bad, you know, whatever you might think of, Rambo or Robocop or any of these other action movies, Predator, for example. Yes, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in there. And yes, it's a big testosterone f festival and stuff. Of, of course it is. But I still think there are elements from these films that you can pull into today's society and enjoy them. But that's the, that's the thing is I think that, you know, people don't, certain people don't know about some of these movies. Heck, I don't even know about some of these movies that we do. But, you know, I think that you have to look at everything in, a, in a, a specific set of glasses. You know, we do comedy that we think is funny without trying to you know, piss off everybody at the same time. Let I me mean, take that back. We don't care if we piss you off. We don't want to just outright, you know, break your heart and be just shitty people. Oh, exactly. You can, still, you can still do that type of comedy. You can still do those type of movies. You can still enjoy the action of the 80s and 90s without being a shitty person. Oh, and totally. I think the problem is, and I'm very guilty of it most of my life, is that it's a black and white thing when there's a lot of shades of gray out there. I don't see a lot of shades of gray in my life, and that it, it has hurt me, and it's something I'm working on. But at the same time, you know, I know that that's out there, and that's where these other these these action movies Awareness. in the nineties that come in. That's where this, yeah, and that's where you have to be aware of stuff. We just did a movie and we watched it, and we reviewed it. And we went, the nudity in this was ridiculous. It didn't need to be there, right? You know, this was great. This was great. This was awesome. This was horrible. This was crap. But then this nudity was just like, why? What was the purpose of that? The narrow-minded so, will just laugh regardless at whatever review, but yeah. the ones who are actually listening to you will just say, yeah, I can understand why this movie is a guilty pleasure or why this is a classic, and, or it's a, a clean movie that we just still, just certain audiences are just not going to understand or see the appeal of. And it oh, is kind of yes. interesting how... I, I find that it's pretty easy to put across whatever persona that you want to put it's just kind of comes down to don't try to do too much than you're willing to do and that's kind of i mean i've been on plenty of podcasts before and some of them were real shit shows because people weren't editing them on time or promoting them and it's like so we're just hearing ourselves talk that was that was a possibility to begin with but it was even more just frustrating when it's like you know we had people who wanted to talk about topics and then they would just either not show up and this was in person so this is even more about annoying environment but then they just didn't have anything much to say they just wanted to just kind of go mm, yeah yeah this is very cool i'm like okay yeah no that's it's not a review yeah, every everything that you guys have produced on the show everything that we have covered on either the action pod or now the horror podcast that, mm -hmm. that charlie and nate do 
or on the NOCA show where we're making fun of people that, uh, you know, we do a Florida man segment every week because it's a nightmare. And, you know, a guy gets drunk and beats up an alligator. You know, we, <laughs> we, we do these things because you may get offended by it. You may be like, well, that's not funny. I'm from Florida. Okay, well, that's great. But you know what? Not everyone likes chocolate either. You know, and, and yeah. at this, in, in this, using the same analogy, we know chocolate isn't necessarily good for you, but we all enjoy it. We all want a bite of it. We all want and this. And not so, everyone can even handle dark chocolate, so what's the alternative? You're going to eat the regular sugar. Exactly. You know, so there's stuff out there that we know is not good for us, but human nature says we're still going to enjoy it. You know, we're... We know RoboCop may not be good for us, but we're going to enjoy it. We know that we make a, we you know we make a joke about a lady who's who's uh, found a bat in her crotch and then it died because she has killer bat crotch. You know we know that's not great for us, but we make fun of it because it's funny. We all enjoy these things. And Reading at the about end of the day, him. yeah. If at the end of the day, if you can't laugh at things that you know are ridiculous, then I'm sorry. You, you probably you I don't know you. What's your favorite color? Clear, and your favorite drinks water. I mean, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Mm-hmm. And, oh well. Uh, to circle back, I think Conan knew that when he when he started doing his show, he had to talk about the ridiculous. Well, Carson and wasn't. He kept kind of just looking ahead at himself. I mean, even before he basically gave the finger to NBC when and just making fun of him. We're having a car here just so we can give a final fuck you to them for wasting our time and exactly. You know, and, and, and the thing about uh, Conan, too, for all Conan fans, it, if it wasn't for Letterman, Conan wouldn't have been successful. Because as Conan's bombing out doing his show, because honestly, he didn't know what the hell he was doing, mm-hmm. Letterman came onto his show unprompted. It was Dave's idea to really put him over to get him his stamp of approval on him because he knew what he could be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for those of you out there that are Conan fans, if you have a chance, please go back and see Letterman's appearance on Conan when he, he promoted him, essentially. It's, um, it's on YouTube. Check it out. It's really, really good. And, um, you know, I, I think it was, a, it was a passing of the torch. Like, again, like I said, I want to see who takes up the mantle now. Uh, totally. And I think the ones who, are, have always, who have just been writing for years – those are the ones that are going to keep exploding. Um, and the ones who keep putting, I mean, the ones who have always had a platform, like Jim Norton is never going to evolve. He's going to keep just going right. back to Opie and Anthony because those are the only people who will put up with his libertarian, you know, rants. And mm-hmm. it is kind of getting old with the whole comedian saying, what can I say? I'm like, well, before we had all these social media wars, this was never a problem for you because this is no different than am I in a, working with a PG rated crowd or an R rated crowd, you know, right, am I doing a right. Pixar voiceover? Or am I starring in a R rated Tarantino movie? What, what, what's the memo? What's the modus operandi? What's, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, like you were saying, I do two podcasts regularly. One, we say fuck the other. We don't, it's yeah. not that hard. It really it's, isn't. You, you do it second nature. <laughs> if you're talented enough, you can do both of those things. It's not that big of a deal. I was, tra- I was say, trained. Comes out. Yeah, I mean, I was taught and trained and went to broadcast school. I've been on. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, I've been <laughs> on FM air. I, you know, I've done it before. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I've done it, and not once 
had I ever slipped up to the point where I would be in trouble. Okay. But I turn on a podcast like I, I did one where we don't curse. I didn't curse. I did one where we don't, you know, use an F-bomb. I didn't use the app. I do the one that we do on NOCA, and we say whatever we want to say. Oh, totally. It's not I'm the editor hard to do. of this damn podcast, and there were plenty of times where it's like, yeah, that joke I did, I mean, it bombed with even the guests, so I'm going to just delete that. I'm playing yeah. God with this whole thing, you know, just <laughs> omit it. Feel Everyone my has... ultimate power. Right. Exactly. You know, you can do those things, and you know, it's, it's, you know, this podcast that I'm doing with you is, uh, is different than what I've done in the past because this is the first time I've, well, this, I'm sorry, this is the second time I've been a guest on someone else's podcast. Woo! And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I said, it's the second time. It's a, and it's a little different. The first one we did was with uh, Monster Movie uh, Stomp Down with Sludge Cast, and we talked that about Predator. Awesome. It was great because it was an extension of what we do on the action pod. Talk about this is the first time I've, <laughs> yeah, and this is the first time I've been like an interview type of situation. So instead of being ha ha funny he he funny dick and fart jokes, I'm trying to be a little more serious, <laughs> which is not easy for me, but that's okay. Uh, but sometimes comedy isn't either. If you listen to the show, you understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> you know, but like I said, I I think. In today's society, if you know, first of all, be mindful. Second of all, be intelligent. Don't just, you can't just run out and yell, dick, dick, fart, fart, dick, dick, titty. You can't do it. It's not going to work. You're not going to get the laughs. It's not going to be like, like, what was the one Eddie Murphy famous bit from Raw? Um, It wasn't (laughs) delirious. We was talking about, he goes, uh, people from foreign countries come over and see HBO and they see my show and all they hear is fuck you. So they're like, you're the fuck you man. That's all they got <laughs> from Eddie Murphy back then. You know, so don't, don't just be the fuck you man. Come up with some comedy, come up with some, some intellectual ideas. And, and uh, know, my try to crutch. were with a family friend of theirs and they were in a hotel and they made the mistake of B. John wanted to just watch something funny before they went to bed. And he made the mistake of watching one of Nikki Glazer's programs and you know it was okay. way more unfiltered than her you know there's another person you know had a show for just one year and still just instant comedy sensation and dave Chappelle instantly immortalized even though his show is you know over 20 years old now you know sure. and it was just one of those it's like it's not that it wasn't funny it's just they didn't know what kind of comedy to expect so then it was just like okay yeah <laughs> it's like if you haven't sometimes some people you can take a chance on life because you know what they generally are about and then it's like in this case it was well <laughs> um, yeah the, i mean you know all really i try tough. to all all i try to do whenever i'm trying to be funny and trying to be a perform do performance and stuff is i'm just trying to make the other person i'm talking to laugh if i can make them laugh if i can make myself laugh then odds are someone else will, uh, someone else will find it funny yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you know and and i think that you know i i i, I hope that that extends you know, to all media nowadays. The other thing that, I, you know, we have to consider talking about the, these these comedy hosts, this is not on... the era, this is not the era of just watching TV now. No. You know, there's so many podcasts out there. I mean, Joel we know. Joe had a Netflix you know. show where he basically just made fun of recent events. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so many, so maybe the next big comedic talk show host will not be on tv maybe you know like maybe mark Marin is someone someone would consider being the next big one. Oh hell i um, can see him 
you getting know? a new one. I mean, Drew Carey and Wayne Brady have been hosting game shows for years, but everyone forgets they started out, you know, Drew was the host of Who's Line, and then Wayne Brady went on and kind of played off of that briefly and did his own sketch show, and then he they weren't impressed with the ratings but still won around, so then they changed it into a talk, daytime talk show, and then he just went back to Who's Line. <laughs> well, they're lucky because Wayne Brady almost had to choke a bitch, remember? <laughs> yeah almost took over yeah. Chappelle's show <laughs> he almost had to take over dave's that's right so so who knows what's going to happen with the future of media too you know i mean we know what it's like fighting you know to get our our little tiny hand up in the sea of, of podcasts so people will see it and pluck us out of obscurity and listen to our oh stuff yeah and, even just a guest you know? spot is enough to make the rounds of social media because people will now just take stuff and just repackage it now it's it's faster than a dvd bin i mean that really is. stuff will spread wide wildflower um in fact it's funny when you're talking about wayne brady do you remember he was kind of filling in for free days in between uh ferguson and james corden mm-hmm I just yeah, thought that I, was just so funny. I was like, and the fact that they didn't went with them, they did not go with them, pissed me off even more. I was like, you guys, you got some great <laughs> talent right there. And personally, I would give, I just flipped off on, on everyone on the last day. That's what I would have done. I would have been like, come on. Well, I, I think <laughs> Wayne Brady is very good. I think he'd be a very good host, but I think he would still be the traditional safe version. Really? I don't cuz Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's got enough edge to him to Oh, well. Be It wasn't some I, of his other messed up voiceovers and stand up. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, he he can do that thing. He can do those things, but I don't think he I don't think he didn't become a household name because of that. He became a household name by being the entertaining guy on Who's Line and hosting Who Wants to Make a Deal and things like that. I think that that is what he would be on a network show because he's already that's already what he is. Now, if he he if he had got to start out, you know, well, for example, let's say Tom Green. That's Tom a good Green example. was always he was Went always a basketball before the yeah, internet was, was even a thing and uh, he's still he on the always internet. <laughs> nuts yeah so when he had the tom green show and he did a song about putting his butt on people that's what you expected tom green was nuts from day one whereas if tom green had started off as a lovable you know sidekick or uh, a wholesome <laughs> choice here or there or whatever what could have been <laughs> it wouldn't have been the same thing. So that's the same thing with Wayne Brady. That's the reason the whole Wayne does Wayne Brady have to choke a bitch. That's why that joke worked because Wayne was the wholesome, you know, uh, <laughs> not I'll someone you expect to do that. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He was that wholesome uh, image. So I don't think he could be the next alternative to, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel and them. I think he would just kind of get lost in the shuffle of that mold, to be honest with you. I think, Jimmy Kimmel does it better than anybody out there right now. He knows what he has to do. He knows how to, you know, make Metallica play little, you know, play school instruments and do a song and gets everybody to like it, no matter who you are. Especially he when knows what he's doing. he started out just inviting his friends, Corolla and Sarah yeah. Silverman on because he didn't have any guests yet and no one yeah. knew if it would take off. I mean, you look at Chevy Chase, how it's like there's a reason he wasn't Ugh. talk show host material because the man yeah. was already just not 100% as a person. He had no sense of organization. He just wanted laughs right. or, well, fuck you then, you know? <laughs> just, yeah, it, it's, it's like Steve Martin. 
Steve Martin is hilarious. He's a musician. He's he's hysterical. I don't think he could host a show like that. I don't think. I he think he would the... definitely get very impatient, and people would quit after a while of him yeah. being temperamental. Because yeah, I mean, I just... he kind of is kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. He expects instant laughs because hey. he's branded yeah, it so long. And you you've heard the stories about Dangerfield filming Caddyshack. Oh, oh he's yeah. Like, why is no one laughing? It's like because it's a movie. The comedy yeah. comes hey, later. It's something funny. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's. You know, that's the thing is I don't know who at this point now would be the person to step up and 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 I don't know what network would let them just step up and do whatever they wanted to do. How do you, you know? play it safe and then eventually come out of the woodwork? It's like, hey, it's after ten o'clock. I can say this. Well, that, yeah, that's it. I think that whatever whatever steps up now and becomes the next thing, I think we're going to have uh, a period of time where we have flavor of the month we have some revolving door hosts until something catches on i think that thing will have to come from the net i think it'll be a net presence of some type i'm hoping that i'm i'm the only 45 year old that actually is probably going on 80 i don't get a lot of the new tiktoks and and humor and things of this nature so i'm hoping it's something i can still be told those guys but the ones that won't be there for a while i mean uh if anything, I, I think it's one of those moments where it, it's kind of like when you're trusting that a certain movie with a certain star will do well. There's plenty of them that won't do well just because the marketing right. wasn't there or didn't know what to expect or they were just going by Netflix numbers to see how it does over time and then make an announcement. But I think, like you say, there is so much that needs to be learned. I mean, Talk about how many times you've seen a show and it just felt like it was the how many comedy shows felt like they were the billionth uh, home improvement uh, friends or Seinfeld knockout. Same thing with the crime shows. Sure. Is it going to sure. be grittier than Law and Order or is it just going to be sexy and fancy like CSI or can it actually kind of just break through the woodwork and it's its own special deal like Bones or uh, oh, what's the other uh, one i mean there's homicide and my pd blue is like you can be your own kind of formula and people followed you and didn't feel like you were just a regurgitation of another similar deal and it, it definitely the same thing with the comedians is like people would get into debates about who told the joke first like carlos mincio was kind of trying to follow again you know dave attell and uh dave chappelle's lead he didn't have that edge he kind of just had like free jokes that people laughed at or didn't laugh at and he just kept retelling them to where he ran out of material i think frank caliendo was another one he kind of a lot of the mad yeah. tv guys when everyone's like oh that guy was funny i miss him it's like people forget some of them were kind of like some of the now delisted snl comedians where they didn't have any sense of organization they would take credit for everyone's jokes so they ruptured a bunch of feathers right up up in there and like Gary spears i didn't know he was such an asshole about Kay and Pill, and it's like, well, here's the thing. Key and Pill had patience. They were team players. Aries kind of like some of the other guys first five years of Mad TV just wanted to be the star in every skit they were in. So sure. That yeah. It it gets very annoying when the ego stands out sticks out like a sore thumb and you're not willing to just kind of take and give. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like I said, I, I think the next alternative talk show host will have to be someone who is to the point in their career where they don't give a, a shit anymore. They don't care if something, if, if 
the the network or, or the station heads or whatever come after them because they're just going to be like, look, this is what I'm doing. You wanted me. This is what I'm doing. I'm allowed to do my own thing. And I think they need to be on a station or a network that will allow them to do that. I don't know who that would be at this point. I mean, again, it has to be someone. It's, it's a special blend of, of talents and skill sets to be a good host. Not everyone can do it. And, you know, I, I'm very interested in see now that Conan's gone, who and when someone steps in that spot. Uh, Carson, you know, when he was, was leaving out, the big, you know, the big search was who was going to be, who was going to be, who was going to end up being Leno. And, you know, Leno, again, to me, was just white bread sandwich. Just he wasn't very <laughs> funny. He wasn't He refused humorous. to curse. And then I saw him cursing later in his final few years. I'm like, you're the same guy who said, oh, cursing is lazy. So you're a sellout. He didn't yeah, mean it's, anything. You know, Honestly, I th- you know who I think would, would do a probably a pretty funny job, but again, he would have to be allowed off the leash to do whatever the hell he wanted to, <laughs> is maybe uh, like Bob, someone like Bob Saget, I think. Saget would be, be interesting. Bob, I think Odenkirk. he could be funny. <laughs> Odenkirk would be good. Um, personally, be I would love to see as Pal Conan, and then well, go a step further. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me the Mister Show guys. Bring, bring Odenkirk in. Bring um, um, oh the little dude. My brain stopped working. Uh, oh, that guy. No. <laughs> you know who I'm talking. Um, uh, damn it. I'm gonna have to pull up an IMDb now and pull a name because I'm my brain's not working now. It's, it's late. In the, <laughs> it's late in the evening and I worked all day, so now my brain's not working. Um, all right, fill some time for me. I gotta look this up real quick because my brain's not working now. Uh, uh Carson Daly. Now he sucked. He was just a variety show, and he was curious. Shut your mouth. Uh, uh, David Cross. David Cross. I couldn't pull that out of my ass. David. Yeah. Cross. yeah so, yes. so people like Odenkirk, David Cross, um, uh, Posehn. I think would be funny. I don't know if Posehn could host. I think eventually. Just I don't because, think he could. I think someone would just uh, yeah. piss him off or a guest would talk about Star Wars and it would just break his geekdom factor. And he just doesn't yeah. have that level of patience, which is why he became a comedian. Years ago, exactly. I would have liked to have seen his other gal who's been in a bunch of the same sitcoms as him, uh, Marilyn Rajkub. You probably know her as okay. a boy on 24. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely for Mr. Show. I mean, for God's sake, she dated David Cross, but... I don't know if she could carry it. I think she would just have to keep doing the supporting stuff where, you know, she's the coworker who speaks her mind or. <laughs> yeah. I just, moderator. like I said, it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost gotta be someone who, um, I don't know. I, I wish I knew. I mean, I'll take the job. I don't know how well I would do, but if someone wants to pay me a lot of money to try, I'll give it a shot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the big thing is. It, you if know, you could even I, do, I mean, there's been some sitcoms that have aired and they just instantly just fell apart because they were either so unimaginative with what they were doing or just bad. Uh, yeah. Like Craig Robinson had one. And it's like, I really think that fucked with his career. Like he would be a great host depending on whether it's on adult swim versus yeah. NBC. But at the same time, right, also I think he would one of those where it was just like, whoever he was saddled with is like, it didn't, deserve to even be in the same category it's like okay 
Yeah, I, mean, I like Craig Robinson a lot. I think he's hilarious. I think he would do a good job. You're right. Something like that. Or even um, – Because there's been uh, shows that have even made fun of other talk show hosts or they made fun of sitcoms and how they can be pretentious with the laugh track laughing at forced humor. And it's like – but I think that's just it. I think so many markets just kind of come and go. People just try and tread the water saying, well, we could try that maybe 10 years ago, but we missed our window. <laughs> then no one's really tuning into that and how do we justify the numbers and all that it, there's so many office politics too so i know I, I think yeah if you could get someone from just some other established brand some other kind of thing like get just some random person from parks and rec or just some other nutty show there's gonna be someone who will tune in but now well, that's, uh, you know I'm, I'm thinking now like you know you said craig robinson someone okay so you got like ed helms that could be pretty good but oh, i don't yeah. know you know, I, I don't know how you do the host side of things. You got John Krasinski that could host real well and it's pretty funny, but I don't, you know, it, like it's really hard. Jason Sudeikis tried hosting, you know, at award shows and on a TBS show that no one remembered. That was just a summer replacement and it was awkwardly right. bad. He was just saying humor and then making fun of how bad the punchline he had delivered was. And it was just sure. like, that was the longest 10 minutes I will never get back. I'm like, Sudeikis, you're a talented dude. And I don't know what's going on here, but it, there's just, it's like, just no thought put into any of this. It just, it, when you, you say like words, Chris Pratt, that Chris Pratt could probably do it, but he's a movie star now. He doesn't want to do something like that. No. You know, it's, it's, it's going that would to be, be a really backup plan. challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, I think it's a real challenge to find someone to fit that particular alternative talk show host. Oh, and then how do you even just kind of justify being on the air and all that? And what do you do? Like, what are you going to play music in your last half? Or is it for the most part just going to be a bunch of interconnected skits? Like, I think Colbert was really helped out because he had Brian, uh, what's his name? Stack, I think is his name, who played the interrupter on Conan oh. and a bunch of other skits and even had several, you know, tributes done to him because he was just an MVP of just, I'm going to be a skit performer. And now he's the head writer on Colbert and doing various impressions of people. And it's just like, we light up every time because my sister and I, we've known him for years on Conan and to see him be with his other comedic talent is just a godsend from a comedy standpoint. So mm -hmm. yeah, if there's anyone else, like you would have to really just get a bunch of great talents together who can just all think alike. Like, I think if you got someone from Will and Grace or Frazier and then you mix them in with some other comedy guys, I mean, don't get me wrong. A combo doesn't necessarily mean it'll work out that it could easily be too many cooks in the kitchen and just totally backfire. Be one stinky, stinky on tasty meal, but it could also with the right prepping and producing. I mean, you would also just need a good network. Like I don't think, I think NBC really lost the comedy edge because then they tried to kind of capitalize on their success and they're like, Oh, why is this show by the producer of parks and rec or friends not doing any good? I'm like, cause it doesn't know what made those shows be good or it's just coming off as in copycat and mm -hmm. it's just, it looks lazy. So you gotta, I definitely wouldn't mess with Fox. Fox would probably not even market it. Right. And so no, I it, it's it, you're right it's hard because the only reason conan worked on tbs is because conan was who he was at the time and walked in and tbs pretty much went hey you can have whatever you want and do whatever you want and yeah if it was you know if it wasn't for that you need a network 
that still has a credible reach and spread. And spread like that virus. <laughs> spread like that virus. And you need to be able to pull a name that will bring eyes to that channel. And that's a hard combination to put together. I would say someone from radio, but terrestrial radio talk shows have, you know, that's, that's even a dying breed at this point. Trust yeah. me, I know I tried, you know, it's, it's plenty of people, work. they have a voice, but they don't have a presence. So seeing them visually yeah. would be very, yeah. it's like when you see certain singers, you like seeing them over the, hearing them on the radio, but not seeing them in concerts. So yeah, same kind of predicament. Not everyone. That's why I do podcasting. Out. Yeah. Don't have to yeah, worry about our hair and how we look. <laughs> That's why I don't do vlogs because I have a voice for radio, man. I have a face for radio. That's just that. Well, speaking of face, I mean, I meant yeah. to talk about him early, but we got to wrap this up. Um, uh, 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 I, I think. What, what do you think about Ovira and Svinguli? They hide behind makeup and they become a different persona. You know. Um, uh, um, I, I'm okay with what's well, like, it's like, uh, Paul Rubens, for example, Paul Rubens, you know? all the mystery science theater guys. And they were the same right. way. The right people get it. Um, I, I really like that. That's, that's kind of what we do on NOCA is Ricky and I play, play a version of ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I think there's some, there's some things on that show, some outlandish shit that I'll get away with saying. Because I think we've made the persona of my character, my ver that version of Dan, the Noka Dan, can get away with saying more shit than real Dan can get away with saying. And, you know, the same thing with Ricky, even. It's, it's definitely, definitely a, a, a persona-based thing. And I think that that's good because, A, it allows you to put yourself in a, new, in a different mind space. Showcase I think it allows it you yeah. to, yeah, and you can... There's things that, uh, you know, just in my, you know, speaking of from my experience, there's things that Noka Dan says and does that regular Dan necessarily doesn't. <laughs> there are certain things that Noka Dan probably thinks that real Dan doesn't. Um, yes. And it's know, fun. Uh, you don't uh, get bored because you're. You don't because so I can. So much stick. Yeah, I can get away with shit. Uh, you know, for Elvira. Elvira played a. a um, a very specific persona in her attire and her uh, appearance and the way Sounds she acted. Yeah. And she went a very obvious direction to be um, eye candy for a lot of guys and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And then the and whole she time. she would make fun of that too. She'd do. She would. And the gag. funny like, thing oh is, <laughs> well, the funny thing is the entire time Cassandra, it's now it's come out that, you know, she's a lesbian. So yeah. she played a particular character on TV that was not who she is. It's professional wrestling. Professional wrestlers a play parallel, yeah. a persona on TV and the ones that are really, really good, like uh, Stone Cold back in the day, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, um, some of the modern day guys like uh, a guy named John Moxley, uh, uh rick flair uh, roddy piper some of these guys um uh they're really good because there are elements of who they really are in there but they yeah. they always say it's play yourself turn to 11 you know oh, do totally. the whole spinal tap thing ours go to 11 you know and that's i think a really cool idea i kind of wish 
maybe that's the next step. Maybe someone needs to come out to be the next comedy host, but they're a character uh, like Jiminy Glick or something like that. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, because, yeah, Comedy Central, when it experimented, it was just on fire, you know? Cause, oh, yeah. Uh, you ne- but, It was just cutting edge, and now it just seems like they kind of just go for just – kind of the same whoever's not watching adult swim is like leftover stuff is like okay if we're not showing a rerun of a popular comedy show like always sunny or office we're gonna do yeah just someone else makes fun of videos we're trying to still that again glazer or daniel tosh numbers mm-hmm. uh, let's mm-hmm. have jeff ross because we give him whatever anyone else doesn't get you know when he's not home <laughs> yeah. hosting a comedy roast and it's like jeff ross is funny but a lot of the writing for those shows really does vary. And I mean, I know David Spade has a show right now and I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, comedy central when it was good was essentially writers that never got a chance to be on screen or writers that just wanted to write, but they had confidence. They, were, they had a persona and they were good and they weren't given a chance to big networks of comedy central said, do what you want to do. And we get things like Reno nine one one. Yeah. You know, uh, Thomas Lennon and the, uh, brilliant. I th- I thought not, you know, almost you hilarious. know something's I, bad. I still watch it. I mean, all the networks have been like this. You know, something's bad when all people want is just something from ten to twenty years ago to just come back for a reunion that may or may not be good. You know, Watch yeah, ran out I, of content, so then they're just like, let's just bring X Files, Prison Break, and Twenty Four back. And same thing with NBC is like, let's just bring this other comedy show back because it's just can't justify what we got yeah i i don't watch a lot of modern television especially a lot of modern very underwhelming uh sitcoms it's not very good i you know people make fun of me all the time that i watch old movies and i watch old especially comedy and things of that nature because a lot of the stuff nowadays i just don't think it's very good i don't think it's very creative and um you know it, it it is what it is i'd rather watch an old episode of chips then, there you go. Then watch something new sometimes, you know, and I'm and, still catching uh, up on a ship you know, from years ago. I mean, and yeah, but there's plenty of other stuff where it's like, yeah, no, I always meant to finish that, and I'll definitely watch that over something like Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I don't know why anyone finds that funny, but it's been on for a while. <laughs> I don't I, even, you know, I I like Brooklyn Nine Nine, but again, I. I haven't seen a lot of it. What I've seen of it, I found I found funny, and I and I enjoyed watching it. But again, I I think that I could see where it could get old quick. I, to me, the funniest shows that I've ever seen, sitcom wise, is probably um, everything but the last season of Scrubs. Oh yeah, very um, good example. <laughs> last season was brutal. Um, uh, Parks and Rec, everything past half of the first season yeah please. first half of the the first half of the first season was a little rough but at least uh, office was just six episodes in season one so it was just putting down the yeah style. and then and then office um coach coach is still one of my favorite shows i think it's hilarious um i wish some streaming service would bring back night court i think that uh, was very re- well written and archer at least the first three or four seasons of archer i think were hilarious you know it's funny with archer i've watched pretty much episodes from every season and it's one of those it's a really funny show 
but I keep making the mistake of watching it on a day when I am not in the mood for that kind of sarcastic kind of shit. And sure. so that's, yeah. it kind of got to me like with South Park is like, it'll always be on. It can go on for 500 more years and mm-hmm. I will always respect it. It'll never get old for me. And at the same time, I was just like, I also don't have to see any more of it. I've, you've seen one, you really have seen all like the greats. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch South Park. If it's on in the background, of course, I'll find something funny in it, but I don't search it out. Um, the other show that I think recently has been really funny is Letterkenny. Letterkenny you is know. definitely another example, and that's the same thing. you got to be in the mood for just light, just improv. Yes, you've got to know Letterkenny's coming. Yeah, you've got to be ready for that. I agree. Uh, and you can't expect fart and dick jokes and i think that's the other thing too i've had other i've tried to introduce certain people to mystery science theater and i've seen other people's like their tolerance for making fun of silly antenna movies really depends on how big of a film buff they are and it's another rough trick there's some people they don't get the whole so bad it's good thing or even the Mm -hmm. just being a campy retro looking uh, puppet show is like they they only know hey i want something good like the muppets or i want uh or oh if it sucks it sucks it's like well it's- right right well th- there's another podcast that that we're affiliated with called good beer bad movie night yeah, and there you, go. you know yes. those guys and and girl they watch horrible movies on purpose and yeah. that's the point of it you know one of my favorite there's a movie out called, um, oh, I'm going to butcher the name, Jesus Christ Zombie Hunter? Jesus, Jesus Christ Vampire Abraham Hunter? Lincoln. No, no, no. This was Jesus beating up zombies, and, and, <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, oh but it was God. probably filmed for 40 bucks, maybe. It's, it's hor- you know, it, it's, it's one of those, but it was, was it? it was a fun idea, not made with, yeah, care. Uh, yeah, I, now I got to look it up because I can't remember the there's plenty oh, of them. Helen Keller, uh, Werewolf Hunter was another perfect example. But see, that was campy to begin with, making fun of all those goofy versus movies. <laughs> yep, that's what. Okay, so it is. It's Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. It was made in 2001, and it is it, it, it on IMDb. They list it as a kung fu action comedy horror musical about the second coming. <laughs> So if, if anyone gets a chance to see that, please watch that. Do yourself a favor. I think it's hilarious. Uh, you know, it, I, it's hilarious. Just watch it if you get a chance to. Please watch that. And let us plug your show before we go. All right. So, so, <laughs> the, so the two shows that I do, so every other week you can find – Give me back my action movies on Podbean or Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Uh, on the same feed on the alternating weeks will be Give Me Back My Horror Movies, and that will also uh, be hosted by Charlie, but then hosted by Nate, not me because I'm not a big horror buff. Uh, so that'll be those two guys. And then weekly, you can find myself and Ricky talking about the news that no one cares about on the Noka News Comedy Podcast. It is on, again, Podbean, Spotify, blah, 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 wherever blah, blah, you blah. find, <laughs> blah, 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 wherever you find your podcast that you listen to, including this one. Um, and you can reach us on the Facebooks and everything else for those. Please give those a listen if you are so inclined. For sure, for sure. Thank you ever so much for being on here. This was truly a delight to just kind of just kind of get a, just a very intricate uh, retrospect on 
uh, people who keep the comedy going and others who just kind of are there to fill time and <laughs> stand out. So very well, cool. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on it. I think what you can boil down is uh, down to is I really liked Conan quite a bit. And, uh, I and think trust me, that... we meant to talk about so many others. I would have loved oh, to talk oh, about yeah, Tyler and Joel McHale, but we only have time for so many. So we'll probably do another one of these retrospects. Look, comedy needs to be somewhat experimental and edgy and crazy. Mm-hmm. nothing the the only unfunny thing out there is the world we live in unless you listen to noka and then it's probably pretty funny at that point because you know <laughs> we try we try our best at that point but no seriously comedy you know that's what we all need more of i think in life especially in the world that we're in at this point um if you can't laugh Toxic. at yourself then then man you're in trouble so just try right. to laugh at yourself at least once a day if you can get an only fans i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can do porn on there now again so you're fine you're good. no problem no problem for sure okay thank you so much <laughs> thanks for we'll return after these messages hey feeling down feeling low not enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try they must be destroyed on sight the new podcast cure-all sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living we have exploitation we have italian horror we have zombies we have slashers we have crime films we have spaghetti westerns we even have sci-fi and sex comedies so take a dose of they must be destroyed on sight as needed and let the hosts lee russell daniel harper paul romali and the odd guest host cure what ails you Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll popping up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey and I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, 
often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Ban out, ban out, ban out, ban out. Ban out, ban out, ban out, ban out. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one life's plot holes a gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. Welcome to Who Was She podcast. I'm your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She will focus on the life of a woman throughout Baha'i history. The first season is about Lydia Zeminoff. Lydia's story explores the subjects of the power of language and faith. Her father invented the universal language Esperanto, and she came from a Jewish family and became a Baha'i. She grew up during World War I and was killed during World War II in a concentration camp, despite heroic efforts to save her life. How can one person's life intersect with so many others? connect across borders, and inspire a biography which inspired this podcast. Over the next few weeks, I will share her story with you and the lives that were most affected by her and those who affected her life as well. They include her father, Ludwig Semenov, her spiritual mother, American journalist Martha Root, and the Baha'i German soldier Fritz Mako, who worked for the resistance undercover while having to serve the Nazi party. I want to thank the author Wendy Heller and George Ronald Publishing for their blessing to let me use Heller's biography, Lydia, The Life of Lydia Zeminoff, Daughter of Esperanto, as a main and instrumental resource for this podcast. So please subscribe and learn about this amazing woman who traveled through three continents in an effort to bring unity through the power of language. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. Music was composed and performed by Sam Red. I am your host, Tara Jabari. Join us next time as we begin our journey about Lydia Zeminoff. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room. 
where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. Hi there. It's Heather from the Watching Netflix Without You podcast. Did you know that there are over 1,200 Netflix original feature films and documentaries? And that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch as many as I possibly can. Then, with a delightful guest or guests, disclaimer, more often than not my brother Ryan, we spend an episode rating, reviewing, and discussing a film at length. The first half of every episode is spoiler-free for those who haven't seen it yet. And in the second half, after a very clear spoiler warning, we dive into it. And that's really about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.